Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Flix Talk. This time I am doing a solo review. I was just kind of going through some of the movies on my TV and I noticed that they put up The Strangers Pray at Night and um, I was actually a, a kind of semi big fan of the first movie even though it's kind of simple as far as the story goes. Um, typical, you know, home invasion type film, uh, not too much to it. The first one was very, very creepy. Now, this one, I'm not sure if it's confirmed if this is a sequel or a prequel or just kind of a spinoff adaptation of the first film. But anyways, The Strangers Pray at Night did come out this year, March 9th, which is surprisingly my birthday. Um, with a budget of $5 million, it actually grossed $24 million worldwide. It was directed by Johannes Roberts, who directed 47 Meters Down. Now, I haven't watched that film. I'm not really a shark fan, but I know a lot of you guys are, and you guys love those movies to death. Uh, even though I might see The Meg coming out this summer, in a couple of months, I believe, uh, with... Jason Statham and a couple of other like Ruby Rose and stuff like that. Not, not too much of a big, big all-star cast, but I might see it just for shits and giggles. So before I get into this review, like I said, I'm fresh off of just watching it. So I don't have many notes. I'm just going off my memory. I want to let you guys know that if I slip up, there might be some spoilers in this review. Just kind of hold off. I'm going to have a written review available on our website, flixtalkpodcast.com. That's F-L-I-X podcast.com. Now, with that being said, let's jump right into this film right here. So, the synopsis for The Strangers Pray at Night. A family of four is staying at a secluded mobile home park for the night, and they're stalked and hunted by three masked psychopaths. Now, this film does star Christina Hendricks, who starred in Fist Fight, which was actually a pretty, pretty funny movie. Um, not a great story, but it kind of elaborated and stretched out just a simple premise. Um, and Bad Santa 2, which I did not watch because I just heard so many negative reviews, but I actually might get a chance to go back and watch that since I absolutely love the first Bad Santa film. Uh, it also stars Bailey Matson, who ends up being our final girl in this film. She was in Parental Guidance and Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which is a cool Guillermo de Toro movie, which I've never seen, actually, surprisingly, but I might go back and see it because that's one of my favorite directors. Uh, it also stars Martin Henderson. You've probably seen him in Everest, which was an awesome, awesome adventure type movie. And he has a small role in Smoking Aces, which is like one of my favorite action movies of all time. Uh, a modern action, which, I, you know, it's not legendary status, but it's definitely modern cool type of film uh, and Lewis Pullman who plays the brother and he was in Battle of the Sexes which I have not seen now, like I read in the synopsis, it's pretty much get an opening of this trailer park. Uh, we get a couple who is sleeping in their bed. They do have a dog sleeping at the foot of the bed, and we get a knock at our door uh, and we're greeted by our first tormentor who is Dollface. Now, I'm going to try to go through this review pretty quick because it's a very, very simple home invasion premise. 
Um, I don't want to give too much away, like I said, but if I slip up, I'm very, 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 very sorry. There's not much. I mean, you can kind of leave it up to your imagination. You probably know what's going to happen. It's very, very predictable type of film. Um, then we kind of cut to this new family. Uh, you have, it's a typical all American family that they always portray in these movies. You know, you have a wife, a husband, you have the two kids, you have the son, the daughter. In this film, you get Kinsey, who's our kind of rebellious teen, doesn't give a shit about anything. I guess they they find out, well, she finds out that they're going to be sending her to a boarding type school because of her crazy antics. She's just so fucking rebellious. She's like flipping everybody the bird. She goes up to the car and kind of smokes and doesn't even care. And the funny thing is, she's not even smoking correctly. She's just kind of like, you know, sucking in air and blowing it out really quick. And the brother actually makes a reference to that. You know, like he's like, hey, you know, you're supposed to inhale these things. But um, she just... Like 17 or, you know, around that 16, 17 age. Uh, this girl has a really, you know, baby face. And actually, she's a, a kid actor who I kind of looked up. And she's done, like, movies since she was, like, five or six years old. So, she's one of these girls who's trying to break into, I guess, this uh, more serious role. And I guess this horror film is is kind of like her first breakthrough into doing something different. Because if you look at her IMDb uh, you see a lot more kiddish Hallmark Disney type films made for TV type things, you know? Anyways, that being said, oh, and another thing too, which kind of irked me is she's wearing a Ramones shirt and this girl's like 16 or 17. Anyways, I always hate when young kids wear these band shirts. They don't know anything about these bands that were in the 60s and 70s, 80s, whatever. Besides the point, um, so they're going off to this uh, trailer park to stay for the night. I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's it's friends of theirs. They let them stay in this in this uh, trailer park, which doesn't really seem like a, uh, a a good vacation outing. It's a piece of shit trailer in the middle of nowhere. And um, the one thing that was kind of weird is that uh, there's other trailer parks, uh, you know, other trailer homes around. And yet, no one can hear when all this crazy shit starts happening. So, it's not much surprise. You know, you get a knock on the door. And it's just this girl who you can never, ever see her face because it's so dark outside. Her hair is kind of in her face. And she just keeps asking, is someone here? Is someone here? She keep, I forget the girl's name she keeps asking about. And they say, no. You know, are you lost? What's going on? So, she just goes, okay. And she walks away. Now, this happens twice. From there, you just kind of get, you just see your glimpses of these three terrorizers who just proceed to just break in and torment this family. You get half of the family kind of disbanding for a moment. They kind of go off and do their own thing, of course. So that kind of a, kind of a cliche horror type film, uh, a kind of, kind of a cliche horror type trope when you get your groups that never stay together. They always disband, you know, kind of leaving you know, the element of you can take over these people individually if you just stick together in a group, but then we wouldn't have our film. So anyways, you have the mother and daughter and they're tormented by one of these killers, uh, which they call Dollface. Oh, by the way, all these killers have interesting looking type mask. Um, so if you guys are like into the movies like The Purge, uh, I'm sure you'll be into stuff like this. Uh, very just uh, straight up killer slasher type film. Nothing, no real motivation, no real motivation at all. I believe even at the end of this film, um, 
Kinsey, our main, uh, well, I guess our final girl. She's the only girl in the movie, really, besides the mom. Uh, she even asks, you know, Dollface, why are you doing this? And she says, why not? So there's no real meaning to this other than they're just sick individuals and they have nothing else better to do. So, um, you know, you get people being tormented left and right, the brother and sister, uh, the mother and the dad, and there's no one around. She does make, uh, I believe Kinsey, our main girl, she does make a phone call to the police department and uh, that does actually lead into someone kind of finding, kind of being sent to this uh, trailer park who, uh, you know, I'm the, I might as well say it, you know, he ends up getting killed as well. Another thing that I thought was actually pretty cool is they do this like kind of zoom in technique with the camera, which kind of leads, it, it kind of gives you a sense of suspense and just like a, like a weird shock value type thing, which they did. Uh, I did notice in the movie It Follows, which is one of my favorite films, I believe it came out maybe two years ago, um, they did use this camera technique that was really, really cool, and it was kind of like a zoom-in effect when the people were walking towards the camera. Not even an effect, it was, it's a technique that they use with the camera that just gives you like a really un, un, you know, unsettling uh, feeling when you're watching these type of horrific films, you know, just of just killing or just um, stuff going on, you know, on the screen that gives you a really, really unnerving feel. So it was kind of cool seeing it one time, then two times on the screen. I counted about six or seven times they used this technique. And after a while, it was just overkill. And um, it was kind of a, a played out technique that I hadn't seen too much from. So that, that's why I was like, okay, cool. Maybe if they use it a couple of times, it'll, it'll, it'll be original and not a gimmick like it ended up being you know what i mean so um so another thing that happens in this movie uh our torment i'm just gonna call them the tormentors because it's our group of three the three killers um during their kills or during their rage i guess the tormenting rage that they give uh they're playing 80s music throughout which i thought was probably the coolest part of this movie because it's a way to it's it's also in a weird way it is a way to kind of to cause tension and just give you know kind of put the pressure on these victims. I don't want to keep saying tormenting, tormenting. That's the word of the day, like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse or something. But they do torment their victims by playing these cool '80s songs, and then after a while, you just start to think. Like, are they just queuing up this music from anywhere, like, before they start these scenes? Because after a while, you know, like I said, a couple of times is cool, but you get it about five, six, seven times throughout the movie. Um, and they're amazing songs. They're amazing 80s songs. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, mind going back just listening to the soundtrack. But in this scenario where it's supposed to be real, and it even says based on true events at the beginning of the film, you're like, okay, this would never, never, ever happen. So anyways... um, uh, I really didn't like our final girl, who's played by Kenzie. Um, in the beginning, I'll say that. So the first half an hour, I really, really hated her. Then after a while, you kind of, okay, she kind of opens up a little bit to her brother. And then you kind of feel for her situation. You know, she's the outcast. She's very, very misunderstood. But then after a while, she became a pretty cool final girl that really fights back. Um, she got stabbed a couple of times, so it's not like she's, you know not going through this war zone and, you know, and is untouched. She's definitely got some war scars now and she's fighting back. 
Uh, the only thing I really didn't like from her is that her delay, her reactions were very delayed. So when someone's kind of walking towards her instead of running, she kind of just looks for a long time for about 10 seconds before she does anything. Um, you know, instead of shooting someone, she waits a little while to talk to them and, you know, stuff that you would just immediately do in a real life scenario, she didn't do. And that's the only thing I didn't really like about her after a while. Um, also her brother has a chance to kind of kill Dollface, uh, which is, you know, one of the tormentors, like I said, but he doesn't just cause he hesitates, you know, he doesn't want to kill anybody. It's not in his nature, but Dollface in this scene is attacking his sister who he loves a lot and he's very, you know, close to, especially towards the end of this movie. So why wouldn't he shoot Dollface? But he doesn't do it. So anyways, um, another cool scene with, uh, another cool scene we do get is an underwater fight with, uh, Luke, the brother. I believe he's the older brother. Um, he gets in an underwater fight scene in a pool with one of our, uh, well, I, th- I think actually he's, He's the only uh, guy tormentor in the group. So you have two, tor- you have uh, three tormentors total. Two of them are women, and one's a man. And he kind of has this. Um, if you guys have seen that old, old horror film, I think they actually redid it recently. I believe it's called um, "The Town That Dreads Sundown." Uh, he kind of had, or even even um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, where Jason kind of wore a potato sack over his head and the eye holes cut out. This is what this guy looked like, which was a cool, nice throwback, and he used a hatchet too. Not a hatchet, an axe, a full-size axe to kill. Um, so that was a cool look for him. He does fight Luke underwater, and we do get a kind of cool fight scene um, with, of course, some 80s music playing in the background. So I really did enjoy that fight there. Um, overall, I thought I was going to hate this movie, and I didn't really hate it 100%. Uh, we get some cool explosions towards the end. Our final girl, I, she actually grew on me. And I think maybe in a couple years, she'll, you know, she'll kind of, her, her wings will flutter and her, you know, she'll be able to blossom in this horror genre world of final girls. And, um, that being said, I'm going to give The Strangers Pray at Night a solid 6.5 out of 10. Wasn't completely horrible. I mean, I watched it from beginning to end. Uh, like I said, if you can get past the first 25, maybe 30 minutes, I think uh, you'll get a cool little slasher film. Not too much to it. It is what it is. And yeah, <laughs> I, I watched this like at 9 in the morning. So maybe it wasn't the right time to be watching a film like this. I would say maybe on a Friday night with some friends, you know, some drinks involved or whatever, some junk food involved as well. Watch it like at 9, 10 p.m. or something like that. It is a forgettable movie. And uh, just a heads up, it does leave off on a cliffhanger. So this is one of those movies that they can keep doing just like The Purge and just keep adding on to these type of premises. You know what I mean? So uh, once again, like I said, if you like movies like The Purge, uh, they also do a cool kind of callback to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original um, in one of the final scenes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if you guys want to check out this movie, The Strangers Pray at Night, it is available now. Amazon Prime VOD. So definitely check that one out. Like I said, it came out March 9th, 2018 in theaters and it actually did pretty well. It made more than like, you know, triple, quadruple its money back. So, you know, that's something there. Anyways, I'm going to make this review not too long. But yeah, guys, check out all of our reviews on FlixTalkPodcast.com. That's F-L-I-X. 
talkflix.podcast.com. You can also send us a follow, guys, on Instagram at talkflix. We are building that up. That's talkflix. And you know what? We, we're, we're, we're having fun with that. We're asking a lot of questions. We're doing a lot of polls. We're doing giveaways as well. So just interact with us, guys. Hey, we're human. And uh, anyways, this is David for Flix Talk signing out. Thank you guys so much. I don't know what we have coming up next, but just follow us because sometimes these random movies get thrown in here uh, with the big Hollywood flicks. And uh, I just like to review them just because, yeah. Anyways, that being said, I am out, guys. Have a great day.